How you guys doing? Back in the house one more time. So, how's everyone? Let's 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 just everybody calm down. We still got a pandemic. Wear your mask. We're still home. We may be. We may be. Hey hey hey! Before we get started, we may be sheltering in place a little bit more going forward. Coming in the winter time. So, with that being said, hey, how's everybody doing? Welcome back to the show. It's been a year, but I'm back with you with more content. I'd like to uh, tell you about a couple of things that have been happening in the uh, grilling world with uh, with me. Nothing too serious, but uh, thought I'd want to talk about it with you since you guys follow some of my grilling topics so if you follow me for a while if you listen to the grilling 101 podcast episode series whatever you want to call it you will have known that i had a, a couple of grills um i have a weber kettle the original 22 inch weber kettle classic and i had a char griller acorn which is a it's a kamado grill which resembles the big green egg it's kind of a knockoff if you want to say that uh, but i wanted to learn how to use it before i spent a lot of money on you know big green egg or kamado joe or something like that so i got that a couple of years ago i started off after we moved into the house uh using the Weber kettle, but after a while, I was like, I need another grill. And that's where I went on that journey. So after I come back from this short break, um, because my dog wants to go out, as he usually does when I'm recording, <laughs> I'll tell you what happened with the acorn. <laughs> no, I hope I didn't bury the lead just now. I'll be back. All right, welcome back. So before I tell you what happened with the acorn, let me tell you a little bit about the acorn um, and how I used it with the Weber kettle, the combination between the two. I'm a char, I'm a, I'm a charcoal guy. I like to use charcoal, don't use, like to use propane. I do if I have to, and I, and I, can, I can do my thing on some propane, but I'd rather use charcoal. It's less inconvenient. Yes, I know. I know. I know it's inconvenient. Let's leave that conversation for another day. It's a moot point. I have, or at the time, I used both of these grills differently. The Acorn differently from the Weber Kettle. The Weber Kettle was mainly my low and slow smoker. I didn't think I was going to use it for that and I wanted to originally use it for like hot and fast because I started using it for indirect and I wasn't always really good at grilling um, and sometimes every pitmaster has their bad day but at least I got a technique down to where 
meat's not jacked up, right? <laughs> you can still eat it and enjoy it, it's just not my best, right? You know when you get a recipe down packed and you just had a bad day, it still comes out to other people's standard really good, but to yours is like crap. Anyway, so yeah, anyway. Um, so I wanted that to be the hot and fast grill and I wanted something like a green egg, but not a green egg price because I just bought a house. Um, I wanted to kind of learn how to do that because I wasn't always good at grilling, right? I gotta keep saying that for context. For context, Charlie keeps saying it. So I go and get a grill similar to what my parents had when they bought their house, which was a char griller, professional char griller. That's what that's what they call it. Acorn, and it looks like any other Kamado style grill, more like a missile, more than anything, which is more, you know, the grills look like. And it was a really nice grill, really nice grill. Um, cooked, re when I first got it, I, th I think that was the, my favorite grill of, of, that I ever used. But there are a few caveats that happen with it. Um, when it gets hot and it can get hot, that fire can get away from you. So if you're not used to dealing with, you know, a high temperature charcoal grill and, and bringing that temp back down before you lose your shit and you think your whole backyard is going to catch on fire, you might want to um, do your research on how to use this first. Because even though I did my research on how to use it, how to start the fire, how to maintain the fire, those hot and fast cooks on that acorn can really get away from you if you don't tend that grill like a newborn baby. I'm just saying. So I used that grill as the smoker. So I bought um, a, what they call a heat deflector. And then I used it for smoking. It was really good. It cooked meat very fast. Very fast, even in the cold. It held temps really good. I got really good at, you know, the temp control. That's where I really honed my skills at on that one because it is so difficult to use. And I wanna say that once you get, once you get used to learning how different type of grills work and how that specific grill of that type works, you'll get really good. Now that learning curve, it could be hell and sometimes it was but it was more not hell than it was hell so I, I kind of kept using it however it maintaining the consistent product diminished over time and very inconsistent times and ranges and heat influxes and all that caused me to not use it as much unless I needed to as a second grill it was, but however, it was really good at a hot and fast grill. If you keep an eye on it. So I used later in the tenure of these two grills having a partnership. <laughs> uh, I used the Weber eventually for more smoking because I had a more consistent use of it time over time. Whereas I had a more consistent use of hot and fast, 
time over time with the uh, the acorn. And th- to the defense of Kamado Grills, you have to, uh, uh, versus uh, uh, Weber Kettle because they both operate the same but different, totally different, and in, in the the heat um, control part of it, but overall it should still cook your food the same way, right? You would think so. But I got a better product over time using these things. The Weber as a smoker and the Acorn as a hot and fast or put it, you know, use it as a stove, wood fire stove or something like that. Charcoal driven stove where I can put a skillet on it or some type of a, you know, grill safe thing that you would kind of put in the oven, but you don't really want to, you don't want to put something too pretty in there. Like, you know, casserole dish, but you put like a cast iron pan in there or something like that. And whoo, man, that thing used to make the best steaks. Now let's go into what kind of happened to the <laughs> the acorn. I'm getting sad already a little bit. Um, so I started on this path of wanting to practice how to do a really good steak. And during this pandemic of 2020, I've stopped grilling way more than I used to. Even when the summer months with their with their with their deafening heat, they I mean they'll kill you. Not deafening as an audio, but you kind of remember, you know what I meant, right? You, I would be out there usually with the grills just going. Family might have came for Fourth of July, and I just sweat it out on the grill. Um, my parents usually come, but my dad has a birthday. It hasn't been like that. It wasn't like that last year, but that was under a different circumstance. But I think the fact of us not being together as you know, family, as we usually are, kind of lowered my my frequency of grilling and and. Ooh, man, the pandemic itself, it kind of kind of drains you with all the bad stuff that was going on, the social injustice and all that. I was like, I, I just wasn't in the mood for grilling. And as much as we like cooking, when we, when we start, we, we actually we actually really good about cooking in, in different spots of the pandemic. However, kind of weared you down. And you ordered DoorDash. So I wanted to go on this path of Really how, know how to grill a really good steak. Because at the end of the day, people like a really good steak. And that's something that I really never mastered. 
I was okay with it, but I wanted, again, as I mentioned earlier, a more consistent product. So, I decided to try out a, a, a method that I didn't use before. During the pandemic, before I got back on the grill, which was only recently, I think I got back, I think I might have grilled, let me see. Before recently, like the past 30 days, maybe the past 14 days to be more exact, I may have grilled this year five times. I used to grill five times in a month sometimes. On a good year. Um, but yeah, I dropped down. But I was still cooking. Cooking inside and um, that was cool. But it wasn't the grill, you know what I'm saying? I used my Instant Pot and all that stuff. I used griddle in here, oven in here, do some stuff. But it's not the same, right? It's not the same. I'm still watching grilling videos and like I want to get out there you know it's, it's more out of routine of watching it but I wasn't getting out there and cooking it was super hot and I wasn't feeling it I wanted to once in a while once in the super blue moon I did but I, I didn't do as usual but I wanted to do this this uh, steak because uh, my wife loves steak and I wanted to make a good steak so I wanted to do a reverse sear a reverse sear is basically, you know how you, uh, you ever watch the Food Network or something, whatever, YouTube, whatever, and you know how they sear steak first and then after it gives a nice sear on it, they, f you know, kind of either keep it on, here's a, a couple of things that they do, which kind of gives really inconsistent stuff from, you know, what I do, but it is really good for other people, right? Here's a couple of things I tried. You sear on each side in a hot area, and then you move it over to a cooler area to get to the right temperature you want. I like medium. Medium is about 145, right? Right in that range, right? 145, 150. You hit 150, you're kind of getting out of that because you got to let it rest a little bit. You get that carryover temp. So you want to get it like 140 and take it off, right? You get that five. Anyway, um, I like to have a little pink, like the pink in it, but it's not bloody, right? So use that method and that's cool, but I'd never get a really good product doing that, even on a grill, you know, or you kind of calculate the time it takes to flip it on each side and keep it over that same flame which is like not a super hot flame or not a super hot skillet like I do it in a skillet sometimes and then you flip it over this halfway mark and then cook the other side this is a variation of that same method that keeps it flipping so you get even over like shorter increments of time you keep flipping people do that too never got a real consistent Thing. And there's a lot that factors into it, mind you. Thickness cut of meat, unless you go to a butcher that gets things, to get your steak cut the same thickness every time, you may uh, run into variations in conditions, which I spoke about on the grilling podcast before. 
is that you never know. You can't do it by time, basically. This is what I'm trying to tell you. You can't cook steak by time, per se, because of different variations of cuts and, and thicknesses and, and marbling, fat to lean ratios and all that. Um, uh, gas, electric, if you're inside, and propane and um, charcoal when you're outside. So it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Heat management, all that. But I looked at some videos, as I always do, and they were basically saying that the reverse here gives a more consistent product over time. You know, every time. It might not be the super, super best. You might have got, you know, might have got lucky. You got everything like perfectly right. But it gives a more consistent product, and that's what you aim for. So on the Acorn, I went for the reverse sear and I do it by temp so I got a, a probe thermometer like a little thermopin which instant read thermometer why I call it you don't keep it in there like you do a brisket but you just poke it and it takes a temp so I, I did it indirect on the um, acorn and then when it got to about 135 or 140, sometimes I got really lucky. I got really lucky a couple of times. And then I seared it on the hot end of the grate, which was upwards of like 600 degrees. And that is a cast iron grate. So the thing with cast iron is it gives you like a really, really good crust. And here's the thing. And you also got to take in differences in how far things are away from the coals that you need the charcoal that you're using on one grill from another, because that's different too. And I'll, you'll understand why I said that uh, in a second when I get to that point. But it turned out really well, and I seared it once it got to uh, 135, and by the time I took it off and it rusted, it was a perfect 145. It was a thick ribeye. And the consistency of this theme is, is thick ribeyes, which are, kind of harder to get to a temperature you you, you kind of have a happy median if you get a medium kind of thickness cut steak it's more manageable than it is a super thin or regularly thin versus a, in a in a in a, uh, a super thick steak like a cowboy ribeye all right so it's easier to maintain that internal temp once you get in that middle thickness, right? Because that's what they usually give you at the restaurant. And you usually see on the shows where they say whatever time for whatever flip at this temperature, right? Cool. But for more consistency in different cuts of steak, as you go to different stores and you don't have a butcher, you just take the selection from the store and you be about your way. Um you cook towards temperature. So it worked out really well the couple of times I did it on the acorn. However, that fourth time, I went to, I'm gonna take another break. <laughs> we'll be back. <laughs> Hold on, we'll be back. So I went to you know, clean out the acorn. 
one day, recently, last week. <laughs> and as I usually do, you know, you got to dump the ash out and everything. So I'm, I'm, you know, getting everything ready. Go out there. Take the ash thing off. And, you know, the, the really cool thing about both of the grills is it's really easy to clean the ash because they have an ash pan that unlatches and you just dump it and then latch it back and then you go about your business. That's what I liked. Anyway, went to uh, unlatch the ash pan to dump into a bucket and uh, apparently that latch and everything surrounding the bottom of that area of the grill rusted out and crumbled in my hand. Now, I know you're like, ooh, damn, you didn't see that coming? Kinda, not really. Um, and you're like, what did you do? Well, great, good thing I had two grills, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> really, right? And the great, good thing, the good thing about it, the good thing before I, you know, explain what happened next is, the good thing about it is that I was lighting the coals on the Weber. Whereas I normally light the coals on the same grill where I'm gonna cook on. If I had done my normal practice, there would have been hot coals on the cement, scattered and probably would have cut the grass on fire. Good thing that didn't happen. Ooh. So, uh, crisis averted, I would say. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I saw it coming a little bit. Not, not much, because I was saying, I think it might have been earlier this year, actually. Um, I was saying that I wanted to get rid of it because it was uh, rusting out put it in the garage for a couple of months. I don't even remember what, what was that, the end of last year or the beginning of this year? Something like that. Something like that. Cause I, I do recall, I think it was this year. Cause I do recall bringing out one other grill that, a lot of stuff happened this year, man. I, I had an electric grill that was in the um, garage for years since we were in the apartment. So it had to be, woo, hmm, years, I say. We had it. And um, I remember I put the acorn in the garage and brought the electric grill out. And I was like, the electric grill was great, but that failed me a couple of times. And I sold it, cool and all, great. And then I brought the acorn back out. Well, my, my, my thing was it's rusting, but I was like, I mean, it's not falling apart. So I'm like, why buy another grill, right? Because I just said I was getting rid of this grill. And I sold my electric one. So I'm down to one charcoal grill. So I'm like, oh, I'll just bring it back out. It's, it's not falling apart, right? It's not falling apart. Everything will be fine. I used it for a while. It's fine. Everything's cool. I was making chicken on there. I was, when I when I was recording the Grilling 101 uh, series, please listen to that. It's good stuff. Um, I was using that grill heavily. 
Let's talk about grilling chicken. Hot, my, that turned into my hot and fast grill. That was my thing. I grilled chicken like, you know, the man. And then I was reverse searing these steaks like the man. My wife was like, man, these steaks are good. I mean, she was tearing that shit up, man. Tearing it up. And then it crumbled in my hand. Oh, man. But the good thing is the Weber was right there to save. And uh, that one didn't go so well because that kind of threw me off. That kind of, you know, something happens. You ever cooked and something happens and it just throws everything off? I mean, it turns out okay, but it's not like how you planned it. On top of that, it was thinner steaks than I was usually working with the other few times. I did this reverse sear. With that said, so I did the same thing. Now, what I use the Weber kettle for predominantly is to do indirect cooking, smoking slow and low and slow. So in theory, this should have worked like the bee's knees on these. However, that reverse here didn't work because of the thickness of the steak. And you know, it was my first time doing it on the Weber and uh, it didn't work out so well. However, 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 the last time I did it, wow, I had a, I had a really thick, I think it would, it might have been two and a half inches. I lie to you not. Two and a half th inches thick steak. Uh, and you know how you take your index finger and your thumb and you say, hey, this is how thick this was? You extend it out all the way and that's how thick that was. Without, without like, you know, flexing your joint muscles or everything, you know, joints and everything. But, you know, as reasonable, like relaxed, like thickness all the way out in a C formation, as long as you don't have like little hands like Donald Trump, then that's the, that was the thickness of the steak. Oh man. But this one turned out really well. And I got into the mindset of how the low and, you know, the reverse here is supposed to do. And I did it, I executed it more in the way that it was supposed to be done from what I saw on the Weber, and it turned out better. So, reverse here is a, is a win. I'll do that for now on. Uh, but, in the midst of that, I lost a, lost a grill. Now, I don't know how long I'm going to stay with the Weber kettle itself. I do have a, what they call a, a Charbroil Big Easy, which is primarily known as a propane-powered, um, turkey fryer, air fryer type thing, right? But you can do anything else in there. It's just like a pit. It's like a, it's like a pit barrel, not as deep of course, but it's like a pit barrel that is propane powered. Think of that. And, but there's, there's no, you don't put any wood in it or whatnot. Now I do use that once in a while, but for, you know, more, frequent use I do use the the Weber now I mean I can I can stay with those for the foreseeable future but I do miss that hot and fast 
you know, that second grill that's out there. I'm, I'm looking at different things, but everything keeps coming back to the Weber kettle does everything so well. I can get a larger grill, like a, there's a master build gravity, what they call it. And it's kind of like a uh, pellet grill, but it's charcoal. You could put wood in there, wood chunks in there with the charcoal. But uh, I mean, I like that. But the, I mean, the cleanups, I like the cleanup with the Weber kettle. I could get another Kamado, still not going to be a Weber kettle. I could get another Weber kettle. Or the only other thing I was looking at is probably doing a, uh, I, don't, I don't even know, a pit barrel smoker. I don't, I don't even know. I don't know. Right? I, I, I don't know. Or maybe another Weber that, you know, is more convenient to start. Um, you know, it has the push button start and I still keep that. I, I, I don't know. Or do I sell that kettle and get a new one? People people love kettles. The original Weber kettle, people love that thing. As long as I clean it up, somebody will buy it. $100, good. That's $100 off my next purchase. I don't know, that's the thing, I don't know. I don't know, but all I can say is I'm down to that, the Weber kettle, which was the one that is the originator with me. Stuck around in the snow and you know, it, it, it did its thing. It is the most consistent cooker that I've ever used in my life. And I, you know, I cooked on a lot of grills, but once you learn how to use a Weber kettle, and you just don't try to substitute with the Weber kettle, then you're gonna get the best products out there. If you just learn how to use your grill, it's, it's not always about having that Kamado or the hot fast. You can do hot and fast on the Weber kettle. There's a, a whole bunch of accessories that you know are out there, so you can tailor it to what you want, how you want. So it doesn't have to be permanent attachments on there. It means something that you can store in your garage or something else and then attach it when you need it. So it's cool. But if you want that outdoor kitchen-like look, of course you gotta get something else. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'll get another grill, but man, those ribs I cooked yesterday sure did turn out good. I did have a problem with the chicken. That, that was the first time I, I used a different technique with chicken on that grill. Then I'll probably have to revert back to my old, but <coughs> it's a learning process. That's what grilling is, it's constant learning. You can, I mean, everything can be perfect, but the elements outside, the conditions, different conditions of thickness of meat, whatever, could bring different results. But, as long as you're diligent, you will get a good product. So get out there and grill. So I'm, I'm planning on plan on grilling more as uh, the year closes. I know it's gonna get cold, but I'm gonna grill some more. Gotta do that. Uh, football season, professional and college. They say this is, the summer is like grilling season. I don't see that. 
I see like this time of year. Actually, football playoffs, both college and professional. Now that's grilling season. It's cold as shit outside and people are tailgating and guess what they got? Grills. And you're trying to tell me the summer is grilling season when it's hot as shit outside? Come on, man. You're telling me spring is grilling season? All these insects that are right out here coming out there like a little shell? Be like, ooh, who am I going to land on? Or what food am I going to land on? Come on, man. All the pollen outside and you you with the, with, the, with the smoke from the grill. And you got allergies and sinuses out there like all over the meat. Come on, man. <laughs> Put your little hoodie on and get your ass out there by that fire. There's no sense in being in hot weather and in front of a hot fire primarily. That, that should not be your season of grilling. Your, full, your, your primary season of grilling should be, it's cold outside, I'm going to be over a fire anyway. That sounds good to me. Sounds like it balances out. Anyway. I'm glad you guys listened to the show. <laughs> nah, I ramble on. Glad you guys having a great time out there cooking. Throw some recipes at me. Uh, my boy James sent me a recipe that I gotta try out. Uh, one thing you gotta try really, really, really good is uh, stuffed mushrooms on, on the smoker. Uh... Mushrooms can take indirect heat for a pretty long time because it's not really going to burn. You might think it's going to shrivel up, but the moisture that... Look some recipes up. Trust me, stuffed mushrooms on smoker is good. It's really good. You don't have to sear mushrooms, of course, but stuffed mushrooms on the grill, awesome. Lasagna baked on the grill awesome did that too All, both of those since the um acorn has been gone r.i.p 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 but with that said there's gonna be some more grill talk coming up or inform me what else i make do some uh different variations of wings gotta do some more pork butts Gotta get back into that. I haven't done a pork butt in a while. Uh, gotta eat some more of these ribs. Wanna do a brisket one day. Do some seafood out there. Get ready for Thanksgiving, Christmas and all that. You guys be blessed, man. We got an election this tomorrow. But either way you vote, don't be an asshole about it. I'm just saying. You know how we really make America great again? We stop being like assholes that have this existential threat of everybody infringing on our freedom and liberties. Chill the hell out. Chill out. Chill out. It's the media's duty. I'm sorry I brought this up, but it's the media's duty to hype things up to massive scale. And it's supposed to be the community's duty to scale that shit right back down. We have to listen to each other even though we have differences. That's all I'll say. So even if you vote for someone 
that your friend family does not like. Well, here's a good thing. We might not uh, be at a point where we can be at Thanksgiving together. So you might just be easily hung hanging up on that Zoom call rather than throwing shit at the dinner table during Thanksgiving. Damn, that was dark. All right. I think it's time to go. You guys have a great day, week. Be blessed. Mask up. And again, keep the fire going. <laughs>